Welcome to a new episode of the NACF Podcast. Thank you for joining us. As we continue in our I Am series, Pastor Parsons' message is entitled, I Am a Giver. Going from a contributor, to a supporter, to a tither, to an investor. Coming up. Because giving the church some money don't make you a giver. God is not after your money this morning. Don't get an attitude. God, God is after your mindset. He's trying to get to your born identity. I am a giver. That's who I am. I'm created in the image and in the likeness of God. Reading of the word of God. You all can bring that. Hey Amen. We are going to Proverbs chapter 11. Verse uh, 24 through 26 in the New International Version. Then we're going to jump over to the New Testament to Luke chapter 6, verse 38. Also in the New International Version. It's there for you on the screen. God bless you to all of our visitors, all of our guests, all of our family that's here today. Uh, this is a good one. Amen. Proverbs 11:24. Let's read together. One person gives freely, yet gains even more. Another withholds unduly, but comes to poverty. A generous person will prosper. Whoever refreshes others will be refreshed. People curse the one who hoards grain, but they pray God's blessing on the one who's willing to sell. Let's go to... uh, Luke 6, 38, give and it will be given to you a good measure, pressed down, shaken together and running over will be poured into your lap for with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. Our topic this morning is I am a giver. See, I needed a few people. I started to call a few people and said, I need y'all to be excited this morning. Uh, But I have some people that are already excited. You already understand this concept. I am a giver. I I am a giver, and I'm excited about that. I love that I am a giver. And my mother knows this to me. I mean, when I was really young, she used to look at me giving to people, and she'd say this to me. She'd say, the liberal soul shall be made fat. And this was my first introduction to Proverbs chapter 11, uh, in 1125 in the King James Version, it says the liberal soul shall be made fat. But the New International Version kind of breaks it down. It says a generous person will prosper. And whoever refreshes others will be refreshed. See, there was nothing my mother couldn't get, get from me. She knew I was a giver. My friends, you were good if you was my friend. All my friends had to do was to think about wanting something and I would get it for them. I remember the first Christmas with my husband. I wanted uh, our family type Christmas and I just, I had presents all around. Just had to sit in the middle of all these boxes and presents. I'm just a giver. I, 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 I hate to shop, which is crazy. I, I hate to shop. Yeah. But if I'm getting doing something, giving a special gift with somebody, I get excited about it. Uh, I hate to shop for myself. Maybe I should say that. But if I'm doing something for somebody else, I'm just a giver. I'm always pumped up on special occasions when it's a special offering. I got my envelopes, my 2020 envelopes. I get excited about that stuff. It don't have to be my church. It might be another church and I'm pledging, I'm giving because I am a giver. And it's not just a spiritual discipline for me. There's a discipline that goes with giving. That's true. But it's not just a spiritual discipline for me, Kev. It's who I am. It it, it flows from me. I don't need to be disciplined to give. Matter of fact, I I need more discipline not to give than I need to give because I am a giver. But before you turn me off this morning. I'm not talking about money. I'm talking about a mindset. Because giving the church some money don't make you a giver. 
God is not after your money this morning. Don't get an attitude. God, God is after your mindset. He's trying to get to your born identity. I am a giver. That's who I am. I'm created in the image and in the likeness of God. And the more I grow to be like him, the more I talk like him, the more I walk like him, the more I lead like him, the more I love like him, and the more I give like him. Because he's a giver. I am a giver. And so last week's sermon was I am a gift. And my last point, I didn't know I was preaching today, so uh, it just flowed. This part two. My last point on last week was how can you be a gift without being a giver? So in order for anyone to be able to receive you as the gift that you are, you have to be willing to give. You have to be willing to give of what you are, to give of what you know. And yes, to give of what you have. I am a giver. Well, what makes me such a giver? I'm a giver because I'm a lover. I have this huge capacity to love. It's almost weird. But I have this huge capacity to love. I love hard. I mean, y'all love hard. I I, I love hard. uh, People, uh, and so what I find is that people who have matured in their loving mature in their giving. Because I wasn't always a mature lover. So I wasn't always a mature giver. I had to grow into that. At first, I was a pleaser. I wasn't giving Kathy because I loved. I was giving to please. To please people. I was I was giving, I was trying not to be rejected. Gotta tell y'all the truth. I was trying not to be rejected. I was trying not to be abandoned. I needed approval. Thank you. I got some friends in the house. I I, I needed approval. So I, I needed them to need me. I was honey on the spot for them because I needed them to need me. I thought I was loving them, but really I was giving so they would love me because I didn't think I didn't see myself as good enough to be loved in my own mind. I didn't see myself as good enough to be loved. I know I'm in the house. That's why I guess it got quiet. I didn't see myself as good enough to be loved. Uh, uh, So I would give my time. I would give my priorities. I would give my energy. I would give my gifts. I would give my money. Not that I was a lover. I was a pleaser. But some of you go even further than that. I don't go quite this far. You're not a lover. And you've gone further than being a pleaser. You're an enabler. Your giving helps people stay sorry. Now, I'm not much of an enabler. My daughter can tell you. I'm not much of an enabler. So don't, just because who pastors a giver, don't think I'm an easy touch. Don't think I'm no easy win. And don't come this way saying, well, she a giver. Let me see what I can get out of her because I am not an enabler. I don't give on the street much. I know some of you are generous and y'all do that. And that's, you know, that's no problem if you do that. But I, 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 don't, I don't do that much. I, I'm not an enabler because when you're giving is enabling, it makes people worse. It really does. It, it, it makes people worse. It, they get you to pay the power bill, which enables them to buy the beer and the weed and the frappuccinos. They, 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 they get you to give your time to their kids. Which enables them time to go pursue baby daddy number three. Because you got the kids. <laughs> you giving them your space to crash with you rent free. Enables them to spend another year just trying to find themselves. is immature giving. You're pleasing. You're enabling. 
But what you were born to be is a true giver. Giving is birthed out of a mature love for God. What I give in time and energy and money is given to this church because I love God. And he loves the church. It's given to all of you because I love God. And he loves you. He loves you so much that he said, whatever I give to you, whatever I do for you, he equates it as the exact same thing as giving to him and doing for him. Whatever I give to the community is because I love God. And he so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. He gave the best thing that he had. What I give to my family is because I love God. And he ordained family. He ordained family so much he adopted you into his. So mature giving is really done out of love and devotion for God. There's a growth process in giving. You kind of start as a contributor. You know, you contribute, you give an offering, or you give a gift to the family on their birthdays, you contribute. You put five on it at the, at the office for the pizza. <laughs> You're a contributor. And some of you have grown only to the level of a contributor. And don't get me wrong, we appreciate that. We appreciate it. No amount is too small. No gift you the no amount too small. But if but but you need the difference between a contributor and supporter is sort of like this. If you have kids, say you got kids that are not living with you, but they're your kids. Whether they live with their mom or they're living with their dad, or they're living with their grandparents or living with their auntie and them. You need to move then from being a contributor to a supporter. (laughs) That gift you give on birthdays, if you make their birthday, uh, you know, that lunch money you give, you're a contributor. We got got some parents in here that are contributors and you need to be a supporter. They don't call it child contributor. They call it child support. What's the difference? A supporter is a steady, significant money. It's steady and it's significant. It's a steady, significant offering. It's a steady, significant gift of your time. It's a steady, significant gift of service. Now you're a supporter. You were a contributor. Now I'm a supporter. But on my road to being a true giver, I, I, I didn't start with contributor and supporter, though, though, though that's a wonderful place. We would love for you to start for, for the kingdom, for the community, for your family to be a support. But, but I started here. I'm a tither. I'm a tither. Now, there's a lot of confusion about this subject, but really it's really simple. Let me break down tithing to you. The church is the place we have dedicated to worshiping the God of the universe, who is our everything, and who has given us everything. He deserves a nice house to be dedicated to him. And we want to give him that, because we love him, right? But secondarily, God has then chosen the church to be his vehicle by which he expands his kingdom. Hell, he uses the church for that. It's important to him. But this soul winning business doesn't generate income. This place of worship to God doesn't generate income. So he says, I'll make you a deal. I'll give you everything you need and then some. And then when I bless you with everything you need and then some, you bring one-tenth of it back to me to take care of my house because it don't generate its own income. But you all wanted me to have a place for worship, and I appreciate that. And so I'm going to use that place to go rescue my children, bring them in, and build people up and change lives, let them meet Jesus, change their life, find their purpose. And so I'm in support of you of that. Make you a deal. I'll bless you with everything you need. I'll give you that and then some. And then you bring me one-tenth of that back, and that'll take care of everything in the house. 
I don't know if the anointing's in the room, but I feel it on me. I, it'll take everything in my house. And he said, you know what? You can have the other nine tenths for yourself. He said, and if you do that, I'll keep blessing you. More and more and more. It, it, I tell you, it's simple. Let, let, let me demonstrate. Can I get my assistant, please? So in, in the Old Testament, they, they went and they put out their wheat. So they went out and put their wheat, and God blessed them. She might need some help. God's blessing is not right now, but when I t- she might need some help because God just bless you overflowing, don't he? He said, she said, bring that to my house, and then that's about 20, so just give me two. He said, uh, I have... You, you planted some rice, I'm going to bless your rice. First, I'm going to give you the seed for the rice. Then I'm going to bless your rice. And when the rice come in, there's the other one. Two of them. Stay on this side, this is the temple side. And, I, I'll, and I'll let you have, I'll let you have, mm-mm, no, God, God ain't even asked for that. He just asked for them too. <laughs> He said, I'm going to give you, let you do some flour. Let's, let's do this. I'm going to give you, you're going to plant some, what is that? Some apples. I'm going to blow up your apple orchard. Just, just bring me two cans when you get them. And, and you can keep the rest. Uh, what else I'm going to bless you with? Tomatoes. Tomatoes, potatoes. To- I- I'm going to bless your tomatoes. And all of the blessing of tomatoes, if you just, that look about like 20 worth of blessing of tomatoes. Just, it just, just, just bring me. That's about 20. Just, just bring me two up. Oh. I'm going to bless your peanuts. And when the blessing of the peanuts come in, you can have all the blessing of other peanuts, but just that look about about 20 things of it. Just just bring me to them. I'm gonna bless your pinto beans. And when I when I give you these beans, it's gonna be more than enough, but 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 just so I can have something in my house, can you can I get two of them? That's about 20 of them. Can. He said, I'm gonna I'm I'm bless you with uh with with uh, some flour and and stuff you can make and, and what whatever you make out of it. If you just I'm gonna give you plenty of it. I'm, but but before you you Eat it all. Can you, can you bring me just a tie? Just cows, and they're going to bring forth milk, and you be able to do. I was like, when I bless your cows, uh, whatever I give you, can you just give me a tenth? I'll let you have all of the rest of it. Just, just give me a tenth of it. I'm, I'm going to bless your, your green beans. and It looks like it's about 24 green beans in there. Just... I'm, I'm gonna let you have all, all the green beans and and if you just just put it and just give me two of them. But so God has blessed me abundantly. And because the soul winning business and the worship business don't bring an income, I tell you what the gift is. I tell you what the deal is. If you would just take care of my house, I'll take, take. And then, if you do that, I'll double this without you having to double that. Until you don't have room enough to receive it. But... But the the power bill was higher this month than I anticipated. Where am I? I already used up all of this. So where am I gonna get? 
This photo power bill. I'm going on one of them trips again and said, oh I don't have enough. I want the deluxe suite. I want one of those. I need a new gadget for my man cave. going to that and that's going to rent and that's going to that. I need a new gadget for my my man cave and be so nice. Super Bowl game coming up. I need this TV and then where am I going? Where am I going? Devil say take the peanut butter. You all right? You all right? And so this is what the children of Israel did when this is what this is what the church folk did in in, in, in the Bible. And so so one day. God got mad. And he said, Will a man rob God? He told the prophet Malachi, He said, Will a mere, mere man rob God? He said, And the people said, How we rob too? How are we robbing you? God said in tithes and in offerings. He said, you under curse, you whole nation, because you robbing me. Bring the whole tithe to the storehouse that there be food in my house. My God. If you do it, he said, test me. Prove me. Now you're stealing from me, but I, I but my love for you gives you this great deal. You steal it from me, but I tell you what, if you bring me my stuff back, test me. Prove me. Test me in this and see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing. You won't have room enough to receive it. You won't even be able to store it. I'm a witness. I got so much stuff, I don't have room to store it. I got it at my daughter's house. I got it at my house. I got it at my mama's house. I got stuff everywhere because he has blessed me so tremendously, I don't even have room to store the stuff. He said, not only that, he said, I prevent pests from devouring your crops. In other words, unless I protect this stuff, the devil gonna come get it. But not only will I bless you with it, but I'll protect it so so the right. stuff always breaking down. Car wrecks, layoffs, all of those things. He said, I'll protect the I'll keep the pest off of it. 
and then I'll perfect your timing. Because you, you, can't, you can't get the tomatoes if, if they go rotten before you get to them. So I'll even protect your timing so that your, your, your tomatoes and your fruit and yourself won't drop off the vine before it's time. In other words, I'll protect the time. I'll make sure you buy the house at the right time. I'll, I'll make sure that you get the car at the right time. I'll make sure that you walk to the right guy that's going to give you the right deal for that. I'll protect even your timing. I don't know about you, but that's a great deal. I love it. I live on it. And most people don't do it. Because you really don't know where you're going to get it from. You, you're looking at all this and you got this already doled out. And you just don't know where you're going to get it from. So you've been taking it from your tithes and offerings. You've been taking it from God's money because you really don't know where else it's going to come from. But I suggest to you today that you're not struggling. You're choosing. You're not struggling. I know somebody, hey, I'm struggling, Pastor. I don't know how I'm going to pay something now. You're not struggling. You're choosing. You're choosing hair, nails, cell phones, tablets, shoes, vacations, cars, bigger homes, clothes, cable, fast food, designer coffee, jewelry, pets. Elective surgeries, manzen, these things as necessary. Your internet, your internet is necessary. Your cable TV is necessary. Your nails are necessary. <laughs> but you don't see God's things as necessary. Or you figure us tithers going to try to hang, gonna, gonna get that for you. You just roll in here every Sunday morning without a thought on how all this stuff happens. You're not struggling. You're choosing. Now, I'm not talking to our guests today. I'm not talking to our visitors. I'm not talking to people who are just here to meet Jesus. I'm not talking to you. This is not for you. I'm talking to those children of his that's been living off him for years now. <laughs> You've been living off Jesus for a long time. <laughs> you know what? I'd rather that you say, I don't tithe and I don't give because I don't want to. Then continue to say, I don't have it. They continue to say, I'm broke. They continue to say, I'm, str I'm just struggling financially. I'd rather you just say, I don't do it because I don't want to. Then they keep saying, I'm struggling, I'm broke, I don't know what's going to come from. You know what? Because that, that would be like saying, I'm homeless when my daughter has a house. If I'm on the street talking every day, I'm homeless, I don't have nowhere to go. Me and my poor husband, we just walking around, and my daughter got a house. It makes her look bad. You got your mom out there. You got a five-bedroom house. It makes her look bad. So when you keep saying you're struggling, and you broke, you make God look bad. <laughs> when you out there saying you broke and you struggle, I could say, I guess my husband, I think I did, well, I think we did have this conversation, but since I couldn't remember, uh, but I could say to my husband, look, if you have a dollar, I got 50 cents. But you know what? I know who I am. I know the law. I know how this marriage thing works. If you have a dollar, I have a dollar. If you have a dollar, I don't have 50 cents. If you have a dollar, I got a dollar. <laughs> I'm just saying. I know how this thing works. I know the laws of the state of Nevada. If you got a dollar, I got a dollar, boo. And so it is with God. I know who I am. I'm a joint heir with Jesus Christ. Unless God is struggling, I ain't struggling. I can't be struggling.
struggling. If God's not struggling, unless heaven is broke, I can't be broke. Because I know how this thing works. I know how this salvation thing works. I know the laws of the kingdom of heaven. There's no way I can be struggling. There's no way I can be broke. So one reason we have to stop saying that is that it's not true. You're not struggling, you're choosing. The second reason you got to stop saying that is because you make God look bad when he really has blessed you. And the third reason you need to stop saying you're struggling and you broke is because you release that curse into the atmosphere of your life and you give the enemy permission to keep you struggling because you said it out of your mouth because the Bible said if you say something in faith believing what you say you're going to have what you say so if you believe you're broke and you say you're broke then you and you act like you broke then you reproducing poverty in your own life by what you say if you believe you're struggling and you say you're struggling and you act like you're struggling then you're reproducing a cycle of struggle, puke, the spirit of poverty, lack, and struggle. I rebuke the spirit of poverty, lack, and struggle. I rebuke the spirit of poverty, lack, and struggle in the name of Jesus. Get off us. In Jesus' name. I am a giver. I am a tither. And since I give, it will be given back to me. Good measure. Pressed down. Shaken together. Running over. Will be poured into my lap. And it was so. I kept maturing as a, from a giver, as a giver, maturing as a giver to a, from contributor to supporter, now I'm a tither. Now I'm growing to a sower. And, and something is bothering me because I need to give God his stuff back. So faith come. Oh, did, you, did you hear what I just said? Faith. Come give God his stuff back. Faith. Come give God his stuff back. Faith. His stuff back. Faith will give God his stuff back. That was good. Dude. That was good. I ain't playing that. That was good. I'm a sower. Now sowing. Is, is putting something into the ground and expecting it to grow. All this stuff grew because somebody sowed a seed. Putting something, or sowing can be putting something into action to get a particular result. Oh. All of that is purely out of expecting a result. Expecting to reap a harvest. I expect to get something out of it. Ain't nothing wrong with that. If I sow time into people, I expect them to grow and get better. If, if I sow energy into a business or into a ministry or into an agency, I expect it to grow in its effectiveness and its quality and its quantity. Yeah. If I give seed in the form of money, I expect that ministry or accept that person that I gave to or that program, I expect it to flourish. Yeah. And so 2 Corinthians chapter 9, he says, remember this, whoever sows sparingly, a uh -huh. little bit, will reap. Uh -huh. But they'll reap a little bit. Whoever sows generously will reap generously. He said, each of you ought to give what you've decided to give. This is this, not this part. This is my sowing part. Give what you decide to give, but don't give it reluctantly or under compulsion. Be excited like your pastor is excited to give. Because God loves a cheerful giver. Matter of fact, everybody does. Everybody loves it when you give it when you want to. No matter what it is you're giving. You enjoy it better when they give it because they want to. Whatever you give me. 
because when people act like they got a little attitude about giving you something, with most of y'all, how many of y'all like me? I don't want it. If it got to be all that to get you to do this little thing for me, I'm good. Well, where'd y'all get that? You just like your daddy. You're just like your daddy. God said, I love a cheerful giver, but if you got to go through all emotions to give me a little something, you know what? I'm good. He says, written, they have freely. He said, and if, but if you do it, if you're cheerful and you give it to me, here's one of my favorite scriptures, me and care, so that in all things, all things at all times, having all that you need, at all, in all things, at all times, having all that you need. That's why I live right there. In all things, at all times, having all that you need. You'll abound in every good work. It says they have freely scattered their gifts to the poor and their righteousness endures forever. In other words, because you've done it freely, your righteousness is coming up to me and it'll endure forever. He said, now he who supplies seed to the sower. Who does he give seed to? He don't give seed to the stingy. He don't give seed to the waster. He don't give seed to the one that just puts it all on their back. He said, you know who I'm going to give seed to? The sower. And bread for food. He said, I also, I love this part, supply and increase your store of seed. I give seed to the sower who's going to put it in the right place. And then I'm going to supply them more seed and increase their store of seed. Because as long as God has given me seed, then that's the more stuff that I can sow. The more I sow, the more I reap. The more I reap, the more I get seed. He said, I'll increase and supply and increase. That's what I need in my life. God, I, 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 I got enough, but I got some more stuff that I want to do. I got some other things I want to do for the kingdom. So God, give me a supply and increase. Yeah. And enlarge the harvest of your righteousness. So I matured from being a tither to a sower. And, and I still do both of those things now, but I kept on maturing. Now I am an investor. Ecclesiastes chapter 11, let me hurry up. Ecclesiastes chapter 11 says, ship your grain across the sea. After many days, you may receive a return. The Bible says... Invest in seven ventures. Yes, invest in multiple things. Diversify. They stole that out the Bible. <laughs> and they be, they getting billions of dollars on something they got out the Bible. You live by the Bible, and you still talking about you struggling. He he, he said invest in seven ventures. Yes, and eight. You don't know what disaster come, come will come on the land. So you don't know if this year the tomato crop might fail. So you you should have invested in some wheat. If you invest in wheat, potatoes, and wheat, and beans, and dairy, and, 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 and peanuts, then if these two fall, these two might pick up. And it'll cover you over until these two bounce back. That's just wisdom. So what is the difference between sowing and investing? Sowing is putting something in the ground and expecting it to grow. Investing is putting money in something that's already working. Already made. It's somebody else's work, but you get paid for it. I like that kind of money. It's somebody else's work, but you get paid for it. That's investing. So you could at least start investing you. You could invest in you. God made you. God uh, put the talent in you. You didn't make you. You didn't put the talent in you. But when you invest in you, you get paid for what God created. So invest in your education. Invest in your business. Invest in your gifts. Invest in your side hustle. Everybody need a side hustle. God made you a gift. So invest in yourself. And then invest in other people. My second investment is my kid. I invested in that kid. I invested time. I invested energy. I invested prayer. I put all I pray on her business. That's my other investment. I know that if anything happened to me, my investment's going to take care of me. And 
because I invest in people, Tara don't. Latanya will. Yeah. And I'll, I'll never even say Latanya won't. I know Latanya ended up. I can't say that for any of them. But, but if Latanya won't, somebody, I, I invested in the folk. Somebody say they will. Oh, thank you, Connie. I, I'm not being more worried about being homeless. Why? Because I've made an investment. I made an investment. And, and, and I'm not throwing shade on, on the homeless, but let me throw shade on some of them. You mean to tell me that you haven't built any relationships in 45 years of your life that you don't have nobody? That ain't the economy's fault. <sighs> All right, that didn't sound very... Invest. God said invest. You don't know what's going to happen. That's what he said. You don't know what's going to happen in the economy, so you need to diversify. You need to invest. So invest in people. Invest in the kingdom. As long as I invest in the kingdom, I automatically know I'm going to be fine. Invest in the kingdom. Invest in your own financial portfolio. I invested in that too. The Bible says seven or eight. Diversify, start investing. So you're tithing and then you're sowing and then out of that that you sow, invest. I'm an investor. You know what? It makes God look good. Yeah. It makes God look so good. Matter of fact, in Matthew chapter 25, he, he talks about three guys that he invested in. One of them doubled his money. The second one didn't have as much, but doubled what he had. That third one went and took what, he was in, what was invested in him and put it in the ground. When his master came back, he called that guy that had put his in the ground that didn't do nothing with what he gave him. He said, you wicked, lazy servant. See, what is he saying? You knew I was an investor. Because he said, I'm not a sower. He said, I harvest where I haven't scattered the seed. He didn't say he was a sower, basically. He said, I'm an investor. You know, I'm the kind of guy that invests in other people, invests in other ventures, and then I come get my money. I don't get out there and do that farming and all that stuff. I'm an investor. So you knew I was an investor. He said, well, at least you should have put my money in the bank. So at least I could have got some interest. He said, so what you have, I'm going to take it from you, and I'm going to give it to the guy that did something with my investment. Then he says this, whoever has will be given more because it shows that you're an investor. And then they're going to have an abundance. But if you don't have, if I get back here, you haven't done anything with your life, nothing with your money, nothing with your gifts, nothing with your talents, except for kept struggling. He said, even what you have, I'm going to take. And then he got real cold. He said, throw that worthless servant outside. Y'all better be glad for the grace of God, because this is really the personality of God. Then his grace step in and give you another chance. But if he wanted to do what he did, his first inclination, throw that worthless servant outside in the darkness. So when you don't invest and bring increase from what God has given you, he considers that worthless. So if you truly love God, then you're a giver. I'm a tither. I'm a sower. I'm an investor. I'm going to tell you about my investment just a little on the side. Uh, I invested $20,000 in the land we got up in Sunrise Mountain. And I just looked at my numbers the other day. That $20,000 has grown into $31,000. I can't get to it, so don't come ask for I'm a giver. I'm a tither. I'm a sower. I'm an investor. But there's one higher level of being a giver. Remember, it's a mindset, and that is I am generous. I'm trying to grow y'all to generous. Proverbs 11, one person gives freely. That's 2 Corinthians. It will result in thanksgiving to God. Because of your generosity, it says your others will praise God for the obedience that comes with your generosity. You sin, and you confess this gospel, and when you're obedient to the gospel it'll cause other people to praise God for your generosity and sharing with them and share with everybody in other words when you're generous it gives expressions of thanks to God your your answer to somebody
God is prayer. When you're generous, others will praise God. The Bible said when you are generous, other people will praise God. In other words, it's for his glory. I live to make him look good. I live to make him look good. And my desire is to be just like him. My generosity shows my true identity that I am made in the image and the likeness of God. And he is generous. He is rich in mercy. He is a God of more than enough. So I can be generous, not because I have it, but because God's got it. Because God's got it. I can give because God's got it. And he's the original giver. You have to believe that God's got it. And that you can have it. You got to believe that God's got it. And that you can have it. And that you will have it. He will supply all your needs according to his riches and glory. The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. To the Lord your God belong the heavens, even the highest heaven, the earth and everything in it. Yours, O Lord, is the greatness and the power and the glory and the majesty and splendor for everything in heaven and earth is yours. God's got it. For every animal of the forest is mine and the cattle on a thousand hills is mine. I know every bird in the mountain is mine. The creatures of the field are mine. If I, God said if I was hungry, I wouldn't tell you because the world is mine and all that's in it. Somebody say God's got it. God said the silver and the gold is mine declares the Lord Almighty. I'm a giver because God's got it, Kev, and I can get it. I'm generous because God's got it. The kingdom, no good thing, Sister Kelly. Well, he gives me the me. The Lord is my shepherd and I'll never be at one. He gives me the power to gain well God's got it and I can get it I have faith and I have favor I'm a joint heir with Christ I'm a giver because God's got it and I can get it give and it will be given to me good measure pressed down shaken together running over God's got it and I can get it And so, do you believe that today? Do you? I, I see many five, six people who really believe that today. But that's who all I'm talking to is people who can really believe that today. Back, back, back in the day, back in the day, they, the old people said like this: Whatever you need, God's got it. 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 That there's a new school song that say, I'm not going to worry about the money in the bank. I ain't going to worry about the gas in the tank. Come on. I ain't going to worry about the things I can't control. I ain't going to worry about it. All I do is pray about it. Why? Because God's got it. Yeah. Go, let's go. Get the right I ain't going to worry about the money in the bank.
We thank God for you. We'll pray for you right now and those that are here in the building with us. Father, in the name of Jesus, God, you sent this word because you want to bless your people. You sent this word because you want to mature your people wherever they are right now. God, we ask you to touch them. We rebuke the spirit of poverty, struggle, and lack off of your people. God, change their mindset today. Change their mindset and grow us, God, to being tithers, to being sowers, to being investors, to being generous so that we can be like you. And if they are not saved, God, forgive them for everything that they've done wrong. And have them pray this prayer. Everyone pray this prayer with me, Lord Jesus. Forgive me for everything I've done wrong. Come into my heart. I believe in you, Jesus. Save me and I'll serve you with the rest of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. If you prayed that prayer, please give us a direct message. There's a book we want you to have. And if this has given you a, a desire to be an investor, a desire to sow, a desire to give, you can give at newantioch.org, newantioch.org, and you can give and donate just to, to seal this word in your life, amen. Thank you for joining us today. We hope you got some insight, some inspiration, and some information on this episode. We'd like to fellowship with you in person. We have two campuses located in the city. We have our central campus located at 610 Bell Rose. Our service time is at 9 a.m. on Sunday mornings. Then we have our Aliante campus. That's at 2550 Nature Park Drive, Suite 100. Our service time is at 12.30 p.m. on Sundays. For more information, you can visit newantioch.org or you can visit newantioch-aliante.org for more information on our social media to keep up with us. So we look forward to seeing you next time on the NACF Podcast. May God bless you real good.